This is the Breakfast Leadership Podcast. Boundaries or burnout, you make the choice. Here's your host, Michael Levitt. Welcome back. I've got another great person that I met at the New Media Summit on the line today. Melinda Broadstone, how are you? I'm doing great, Michael. Thanks for inviting me on the show. Glad to have you. Thank you for your patience and getting on it. It's It's been a little bit since we, we saw each other in Tampa, but uh, as we were talking in the pre-show, uh, it has been an absolutely wild and weird 2019 for both of us. So great to have you on. One of the things you, you specialize in is leadership, and, and one of the components uh, that differentiates you from, from many other people that I talk to is the focus on self-leadership and, you know, leading a lot of people think, well, I'm leading a team or I'm leading an organization or a group, but what's even more important is how you lead yourself. So what got you into this space? What were some of the things that uh, prompted you to say, you know what, this is a good idea for me to focus on? Oh my gosh. This probably goes back to when I was 12 years of age and I was sitting on the back porch with my neighborhood girlfriend and uh, we were both feeling disheartened about our role in relationships to our families. And, um, and all of a sudden a light went off and I said, well, I guess the only thing there is to do is to just become the best person that I can be. And that's, that's what I'm supposed to, that's why I'm here, that's what I'm supposed to do. And over time, I didn't know what that really meant and I didn't know how it was gonna play out. <clears throat> and I can't say that I, um, like, real actively, it was a subconscious thing that just kind of played out and directed me. But when I was in, um, I think by the time I was, like, 18 or 19, I realized that I was just, I was anxious. And, in fact, I asked somebody, I described what I was feeling, and I asked them what that what that was and they said oh that's anxiety and I was like anxiety I didn't know I had anxiety <laughs> and as I started watching that and seeing myself in my professional role because then by then I was starting to graduate from college and started my first career in occupational therapy I saw myself um being able to perform with the clients. I was very well trained in my field. And yet I had a very difficult time navigating my own thoughts, my own emotions, my relationships. And as long as it was in the work arena, I could navigate that because I had very specific training. Uh, so that launched me into a lot of self-exploration and training down um, Oh, different uh, models of how to look at the mind through yoga and uh, spiritualism, Native American practices. And of course, I was trying to help my clients. So I was doing a lot of learning a lot of healing practices and that kind of thing to supplement the more traditional occupational therapy. Well, that's crucial that you... You picked up this desire way back when, when you were younger, and I, I find that a lot with people that are doing some amazing things in the leadership spaces. It wasn't something that they picked up, um, you know, five years ago or something like that. Something that was deeply rooted 
um, when they were young and you know, you had the awareness of something needs to change. Something needs to be different. And you know, what, what is it? And uh, even though you may have not have figured it out, you know, then you put the, you know, wheels in motion to be able to, to get these things, you know, forward to, you know, the, the awesome stuff that you're doing now. Yes. And I really enjoy what I do. It's been um, such an amazing journey um, of course, I'm very externally motivated, so I've always had patients or clients to work with that I was always solving their problems, but at the same time, I was solving my own problems. <laughs> and uh, like that happens for many people, right? And, uh, and so I've had a wonderful experience of meeting amazing teachers and learning so much from the people that I worked with, my patients and my clients. Um, they've all been amazing teachers along the way. Yeah, I think back to, you know, my career and the, you know, the different bosses and leaders that I've had in my life. And I, I look at how I approach, you know, my leadership style now and, you know, their fingerprints are all over it. And it's not, you know, not one boss, but a bunch of them and, and different things. And every once in a while when, you know, I'm, I'm a little bit more self-aware um, and I try to be self-aware, but sometimes in, in life you, you, you kind of slip off the tracks a little bit, but I'm a little bit more self-aware or they re I reflect on a situation or how I handled uh, a meeting or an engagement with somebody, you know, I'll look back and go, okay, can I trace back to where I learned how to do that? Uh, and I can, you know, I can usually you tell and I'll have memories of an interaction with a boss or a discussion uh, with, with them on their philosophy or simply just me observing, you know, some of the, the character traits that they, that they demonstrated as a leader. And when I look back too, for some of them, I, I, I realize they were younger than I am now leading mm -hmm. me. And it was like, okay, they, they were more special than I realized. And of course you want to kick yourself sometimes and go, well, I really wish I would have recognized that then. Um, just to say, you know, thank you for being, you know, a great leader in, in, in setting the table for my own, you know, success and, and career uh, based on, you creating an environment where I could thrive and grow. And it's just one of those things where I think more people you know, need to be a little bit more self-aware of, of that. And, you know, when they do come across, you know, great leaders in, in their life and their career, you know, definitely embrace it because unfortunately sometimes we, we encounter leaders that, um, you know, don't have the same skill set uh, and, and all kinds of different challenges. Exactly. Well, as you, as you spoke about it, it sounds to me like you are very good at integrating things. And so you just sucked up things from all the different people that you were around, even if they weren't formal <clears throat> learning experiences. And that's, that's great. And that's part of, part of the awareness piece and um, leadership. And I believe leadership uh, starts with the self. If you can lead yourself, then you can lead your business. You can lead your clients. Uh, you can lead a team of people lead the community and so forth. <clears throat> and the, uh, there's 
a key piece is that awareness and not just the awareness of all the things going on around you. Of course, that's important. But there needs to be an awareness on the inside and an ability to look and allow yourself to be aware of what's coming up inside as it's coming up. Thoughts are always going to come up. Emotions are always going to come up. And they're not necessarily even appropriate to the situation or relevant to the situation. It's just we, we're like sponges and we absorb all these things and then things start bubbling up. And so then we have to learn how to navigate that and manage it and work with it and um, actually coordinate the different parts of the mind. Um, sometimes these things that bubble up, when you're in a stressful situation, if you put yourself in a challenge situation, you put yourself in a new job or a new task or you take on your own business, you know, you're all excited about it and then after that initial excitement wears off, it's kind of like, oh crap, what did I get myself into? Can I even do this? And the first little sign of um, challenge, or like this isn't easy, then those voices can start rearing up. So you can start having the voices, um, oh gosh, voices of criticism, voices of doubt, voices of perfectionism, um, voices of judgment, there's slews of them. And essentially you become outnumbered. And when you become outnumbered, you drop out of that leadership position, out of that wise self into the little self, or whatever else you want to call it. People have lots of names for it. But as you do that, it shifts your nervous system, and it eats up a lot of energy. And so now you're more in a confused state. You're not sure if you should really do this. The doubts are taking over. All these voices actually start to come to life in you. And it's hard to get anything done. Before you know it, you're procrastinating. And a lot of this can be very subconscious. Many people don't really necessarily think they're subconscious, especially a lot of high-powered leaders. They don't think they procrastinate. And when they did research studies, they found otherwise. <laughs> they found out that pretty much everybody procrastinates and it's just a matter of degree. Um, and yet there, you know, it's interesting because there's, there's a couple types of procrastination. One is an intentional procrastination and that can be an active process of actively allowing yourself a space and a time for your creativity to cultivate and bubble up and solve a problem and find new solutions for things. I used to do that all the time in my car between home health patients. And, um, or I would take a, t just take a rest at the end of the day. And when I'd get up, I'd have the solution to something. So you can intentionally procrastinate, but when you're not getting things done at the end of the day that are crucial to um, getting a project done or, um, making money, making sales calls because you need to get more clients. Those things really start eating up your energy and they, and as your energy gets eaten up, then it just, you just kind of spiral downward. It's, yeah, it's amazing on that. And, you know, I love how you talk about the procrastination thing and how everybody procrastinates. You know, a lot of leaders will say, I don't procrastinate. I get things done. I'm, I'm an action taker and I move things forward and all of that. But, there are things in their life 
um, whether it's you know work related or their personal lives that they kick off to the side and well, I'll get to it. And you know, I blinked and, and, and half the year is already gone. And you're like, okay, <laughs> you know, I'm I'm afraid to look at the to do list and go, okay, what have I missed? Because I'm sure there's something that I have not gotten around to that I've been meaning to. And, you know, that's where, you know, a half year check-in is something that I do. Um, you know, every, every six months, I kind of take a look mm -hmm. back and go, all right, what, what have I accomplished? Okay. You know, pat myself on the back. Okay. What are some things that I still need to address and look at and, and, and see if the priority for those things have changed and, and look at those areas of like, okay, well, you know, what have I been avoiding? You know what, let's be honest here and don't, you know, not in self-judgment, but just look at it and go, okay, what, you know, what do I need to do to get these things, you know, moving forward, whatever they may be. Uh, and it may be a situation where it's like, I come to grips with, I'm just flat out not going to do that. And, 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 and figure okay. out, oh, yeah, that's fine. Yeah. You, know, you just have to look at it as, okay, what's the ramifications of this not happening? You know, what, it, would it impact anything else that I am doing? Do I, it's, you know, it'd be like the equivalent of, you know, going to college and you're like, oh, well, I got to take that, you know, business writing class before I can graduate. And that's a year one course and you're in year four and you got to go back and, you know, hang out with a bunch of 18 year olds in your, you know, 22 or 23. I know it sounds, you know, tongue in cheek, but I remember back then that was kind of weird going, you know, what's with all the kids, you know, and, you know, not that, not that you're like this old man at 22, but it's one of those things where it's like, yeah, you should have taken it with your classmates because it would have been done and over with by now, but you've been dragging this on for years. And there's a lot of things in people's lives that they've been kind of carrying around. Um, it's like the old luggage that they're, they don't want to throw out, but they just keep bringing it with and like, it's holding you back and, you know, get it done or remove it, do whatever you need to do. Exactly. It keeps a lot of open loops in the mind. Um, David Allen talks about that. And the open loops is where when you, you know you need to do something or there's something you're supposed to do, whether you want to do it or not. If you don't take action on it or make some kind of decision, it's an open loop. And it just, the mind just keeps bringing it up and bringing it up. And it eats up a lot of energy. It brings, eats up a lot of brain energy. And it's, it's distracting. So it doesn't allow you to have a, a clear, restful space when it's time to rest. And, you know, things pop up. You know, you lay down to go to bed and all of a sudden your to-do list starts popping up. Um, so, so that's just one little piece of it. The other part that you addressed was um, making an active decision, even if it was to say no. Because sometimes we have missed the opportunity to do it in a timely manner and it's no longer relevant or it's no longer as important as something else. And so you may, but it's good to just acknowledge that and say, okay, it's time to move in another direction or, or just say no to that. Um, Decision-making is crucial in this process. Um, and the indecision that we have is, is often driven by a lot of these emotional subconscious things, either fears that we can't really do it or we don't know how to do it or it's so big it feels overwhelming. So there's so many emotions that come up. So the question is, how do we 
navigate all that so that we can not only be efficient, we can gain back all kinds of time because procrastination research studies show anywhere from 10 to 20 hours a week, which is, you know, 250 hours a year. Um, and that doesn't include the waste of time every time you get interrupted. They're saying now that that eats up a huge amount of time of productivity. So if we really want to live the kind of lives that we want to live and we want to do the things that we really want to do instead of putting those off on the back burner, then we have to get more efficient and give up the procrastination. As well as, you know, the other way that that'll serve us is that it'll bring us all of these practices that I work with people. It brings them back into their leadership, their personal leadership, which positions them to do better at everything that they do. So would you like to hear about some of that? Almost definitely. All right. So the whole, my whole premise here is to cultivate the wise self because your wisdom, you always know what needs to be done. And if you take the time to break it apart, you even know how to do it. And if you don't know exactly how to do it, you can always get help and you can always figure out how to get the help. So being stuck in that other place doesn't serve you. So we always want to cultivate the wise self which is the power self, they're one and the same, and which is also the voice of authority. So in cultivating the voice of authority, whenever those voices come up, the ones that doubt, the perfectionism, the denial, the inner judgment, the victim, the criticism, all of that, you cultivate an authority that says, okay, I hear you, I acknowledge you, but this is not the way it's gonna play out. And we're just gonna set that aside. If we need to talk about this later, we can. And I take people through a whole inner dialogue process that they can do at another time. But in the moment, they need to, just like dealing with a child, set the limits and then decide that, no, you're gonna step back into authority because at that point you were outnumbered. So you have to take that back and then by then, your nervous system is probably all wonky, and there's you know the flight or fight or flight mechanism going on, which pulls us out of our executive brain, the prefrontal cortex, so we can't really think clearly. So you need to address that as well. So I teach people how to switch that around in a few minutes. So there's some breathing techniques, there's some grounding techniques. It's really pretty simple, but it just takes a moment to, to learn it and to apply it. So one is to actually talk to those voices and clearly take back control. The next one is working with your nervous system and shifting you back into a calm state where you can actually access more of your wisdom and you have more access to your executive thinking brain for decision-making. Um, and then actually do some things to activate the, the, your powers. So we have an amazing brain. And when you get all aligned, literally, in an energetic way, where the emotions and the mind are coming together and it's balanced, we have tremendous access to potential that's just 
you know, you can't even put a number on it. You can't, you can't really define it. Um, that's where our creativity really soars and we can solve all kinds of problems. We can get really efficient and knock out a bunch of things. And that's where you want to get. So there, uh, I did actually talk about this in more detail in a uh, PDF and it's a gift to your client. So at the end of the show, I can share that with you. Uh, so all of what we're talking about is summarized in there and actually gives some of the practices in there, the starter practices, so people can get started on that. No, that's awesome. And yeah, it's, it's funny how interconnected we are when it comes to our behaviors and things that, you know, get us to you know, really be really strong leaders in certain aspects. And there's these things that are holding us back and you know, preventing us to actually hit, you know, new plateaus in our, in our career and how we lead and our, not only ourselves, but with teams and it, you know, procrastination always seems to come up as, as one of those core elements to, you know, what's holding a lot of people back. Mm -hmm. And you know, what's behind the procrastination are a lot of blind spots because all of these voices represent unresolved types of things. And we have adapted by having a procrastination as a, as a coping mechanism. So whenever we feel threatened or not safe, we're automatically going to shift into a coping mechanism if we don't clearly know how to handle that feeling. And for the most part, most people haven't had very good training in how to deal with their thoughts and their emotions. It's just not really, hasn't really been a part of our culture and our training. So, so we need to go easy on ourselves, but at the same time, we need to recognize that we're not even seeing it as a problem because we've, we've probably picked up these coping mechanisms long, long time ago, and they've been with us, with us for so long Many of my clients say, uh, you know, once I start working with them, they'll say, gosh, I had no idea that I could change. And they really mean it. They, 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 because they're so identified with that behavior pattern, that expression of their mind and their emotions and their energy, that they just think that's who they are. And it's not who they are. It's just how they've adapted. And it can all be changed. And it can be changed rather quickly. You just have to use some tools. You have to learn the tools and apply them. It's those self-limiting beliefs that handcuff us time and time again. Absolutely. So it, someone comes to you and, and they sense that they're procrastinating on some things and they're not crystal clear yet as to you know, what those things are. You know, what are some you know, tips that you, you provide them to help them flush, flush those areas out so they can you know, move past it and grow from it? Oh, that's a good question. So one of the things I have them do is an awareness practice. And so I have them basically take a vow every morning that they are going to notice every time they go to do something and they choose not to. And That's powerful. That's and powerful. Notice. Yeah. And it's amazing because every time I reactivate this practice in myself, 
So I, I pretty much do it most of the time. But then when I work with a new client and that's their first assignment, then I'll kind of up the game for myself. And I'll notice more ways <laughs> that I'm also doing that that I never noticed before. So they really are blind spots. And But if you draw your attention to them, it's like saying, I'm going to buy a red car. All of a sudden, you see red cars everywhere that you never noticed before. So again, it's drawing your attention to something and choosing to pay attention and taking a little bit look inward instead of out, out, out and very scattered. And it's a very good starting place because without the awareness, there's um, it's hard to change without the awareness because part of the solution is every time that starts coming up is to address it in a new way. Otherwise you're right back in the old habit. Yeah. I see that a lot too with people that, that I help out with, you know, burnout and stress management where they will get past it and they'll recover from it. But those old habits come back and they, you know, start marching down the same path that they did before that led to their stress and burnout. And, and the lack of awareness, I think, is, is so crucial uh, to address because otherwise, yeah, you can fix something, but, you know, just like, you know, a, you know, a squeaky door, you know, yeah, you put some WD-40 on it and it fixes it for mm -hmm. a moment but you know mm -hmm. what in a period of time it's going to be squeaky again so maybe you know replace the hinge on it that does, so it won't squeak the next time maybe it's a different mm -hmm. type of hinge or a different behavior or a different approach all of these things you know it's it's but just having the awareness and and being able to take a, you know, a step back and look and see okay what am i doing that's contributing to this situation uh, and getting on top of that makes a huge difference Absolutely. And it's no different than, um, you know, when I'm working with, with clients and I'll work with the pattern on the body level as well, because I work with the body, mind, spirit and coordinate all of that. And even if we work through it on a body level and they can feel the difference in their body and they can feel the difference in their energy. And it's always valuable because if they, if they don't ever feel baseline or back to back to a more balanced pattern, they don't even know that exists. So they at least feel that. Uh, but again, if they don't change the habits, then they go right back into the pattern. So learning, uh, learning, I always teach in a, a sort of a three prong approach where I'll teach a principle so they understand, so it's important for people to understand what principle they're working with so they can apply it in a variety of situations and then learn something to change the habit. And then um, my part more directly is actually doing some work with them to, to, to physically and energetically change the pattern in their body. So we'll work in it at least three, three different ways. No, that's awesome. And and again, it, it makes such a big difference when you get ahead of of these things and you, you get the awareness of, 
you know, what procrastination is doing, you know, to your life and your career and everything else. And if you can get ahead of it and figure out, you know, what are those, those triggers and those behaviors, uh, it can help you along a long way to you know, get past that and reduce the amount of procrastination in your life. And amazingly, mm-hmm. you will see all types of personal and professional growth. Absolutely. I have um, clients have said to me that, you know, they were kind of alienated from parts of the family and they didn't even reach out to them. All they did was go through this process of change and it attracted their family members to start reaching out back to them uh, and to make contact again, which, which is really cool. Um, some clients have, uh, you know, other, I work with entrepreneurs quite a bit now and they'll have a lot of issues with, um, you know, they start this business, but then they're not making sales calls and getting up on stage and speaking and being seen and those kinds of things that you need to, to generate the leads. And so they're not making money and yet they're, you know, they're, they're like the best kept secret because they have so much to offer and they really have a talent, but they're scared. You know, they have some sort of fear that's holding them back from doing those types of activities. So working with parts of that, working with the procrastination and also the underpinnings of that um, can get them through to start making money and make their business work. Um, So it plays out in terms of money, it plays out in relationships and gosh, we all need more time to just enjoy ourselves. And and that's a theme that I hammer home with people all the time is, you know, get on top of, of your schedule, how you do things, um, what you prioritize and all of that, but make sure you prioritize the, the self-care and, and getting back to enjoying the things that are important in your life. Because if you don't, uh, half a year goes by and it feels like two weeks and you go, okay, wait a minute. I wanted to go do that thing in the spring and it's basically summer now. And you're like, Oh, well, I guess I can't do that until next spring. And Mm. and if you keep procrastinating, next spring is going to come and go and we'll have the same discussion again. (laughs) (laughs) So what are you planning fun to do? What's on your list to do? Uh, For me, uh, I am going to the San Diego Comic-Con with my brother and two of my daughters in July. And then I'm going on a vacation in early November. And I'm doing a couple speaking engagements uh, early fall. Um, August, I'm planning on doing mostly nothing, um, just relaxing and, and resting and taking in, in, in the summer because as you know, in Toronto, summer is about five minutes. So we need to <laughs> capture every moment of that. But, you know, it's just, you know, taking time to just be and be flexible and something pops up or, you know, someone says, hey, you know, I got, you know, tickets to this concert or let's go out to dinner. I've got nothing scheduled. I'm like, okay, I'll see you there at seven. And it just, you know, making sure you have, that time of our type of buffer time uh, in your schedule, not just, you know, months from now, but, you know, this week, you know, just block things off because it can, it can make things easier for you if you need to pivot and adjust things. Um, And also it gives you, again, opportunities when something comes up 
like an opportunity to go to a game or a concert or out to dinner with somebody you haven't gone out with in a while, whatever the case may be, you're not overcommitted to the point of not being able to enjoy life because that's kind of why we're here. It's like we, we live this life. There's nothing wrong with wanting to enjoy it. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I love that you have so many things planned and uh, space. You made space just mm-hmm. for things to happen and to spread out and just kind of be instead of doing, doing, doing all the time. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. You can, you can easily fill up your schedule with all kinds of things. And then, um, then you crash and burn and you go, Hmm, now I have to scramble to do things because I need to get them done and you have no energy to do them. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Awesome. True. Melinda, thank you so much for this. Where can people find out more about you and the awesome stuff you're doing? Well, thank you so much for inviting me on the show. It was a delight having this conversation with you. And um, your audience can reach me through my website, www.mbroadstone, B-R-O-A-D-S-T-O-N-E, at, uh, dot com. Uh, and I have a free gift for you, and it's a PDF, and it covers the topic today and gives you some more insights as to how this all works and some solutions. And that can be accessed through uh, mbroadstone.com forward slash time dash money. And I'll have all that information in the show notes. Linda, great talking with you again. Appreciate you and all the awesome stuff you're doing. You bet. Thank you, Michael. My pleasure. Hey, it's Michael again. Thank you for listening to the podcast. I really appreciate it. If you're like many people, you're dealing with some significant stress and possibly approaching burnout. I know how you feel. In 2009, my burnout led to a year of worst-case scenarios. I do not want that to happen to you. If you go to breakfastleadership.com, you can register for a free webinar on burnout prevention, as well as get a free checklist to have successful mornings. Start off each day the right way. Again, that's at breakfastleadership.com. Also, since you are a loyal podcast listener, I'm asking you to like, rate, and review my podcast on iTunes. I look at all the reviews and appreciate your comments, and it helps other potential listeners discover the content I have on the show. I appreciate you, and thanks again for listening.